You know, it's, it's not uncommon, especially as parents, to hear the phrase, usually from a toddler, but sometimes from an elementary and middle school age, and absolutely, certainly, positively from a high school student, that's not fair! It's just not fair! And I don't disagree that there are moments in life when it's just not fair and there's nothing you can do about it. We don't, within ourselves, possess the ability to change every time something in life isn't fair. Sometimes there's just nothing we can do about it and we've got to learn to deal with life <clears throat> as it comes at us. But we also have to understand that sometimes in life, there's a fairness that goes beyond our ability to perceive it. Let that one settle in for a second because this is a really big deal. By the way, this is your warning that today I'm gonna to talk a little bit about the Bible. Just a, just a little bit, just a tiny bit. So if that doesn't suit you well, then, well, you're all done. Welcome to Leading Leaders Podcast. Five minute videos, five days a week. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast. There's a, a question that's posed by the psalmist, David. Now, David was a guy that he was like every other guy. He started off nowhere with nothing as a job. He was a, a sheep herder as a boy. Then he was told, hey, you're supposed to be the king. And then he went back to being a sheep herder. And then he learned to play the harp. And then he learned how to sing. And then he went off to war. And he, he became eventually the king and the general. And he was in charge of everything. But he was still doing some really stupid stuff. And at one point, he was in a place in his life where everyone was trying to kill him. Even his own son was trying to hunt him down. But there was a phrase that was kind of posed around him in the atmosphere of life is unfair. I haven't really done anything that wrong that I should die for it, but everybody's trying to kill me unjustly. <clears throat> and he asked the question, where does my help come from? Now, see, this is a question that we're asking today. <clears throat> Who do we turn to to get justice when we don't get justice? Who do we turn to to get fairness when fairness seems to elude us all? Where do we go when it seems like the last vestiges of hope are gone? And David asks that very same question. Where does my hope come from? Now, here's the real irony, because a lot of us today, we want to say, well, my hope comes from the courts. I'm going to, I'm going to take the battle to court and I'm going to fight it out and, and I'll keep spending money until I get the answer that I want. Now, there's an old phrase, too, from the world of legal eagles that says you will get the best justice you can afford. Which is a slight, but it's true. If you've got good attorneys, you can get away with things that cheap attorneys can't get away with because they just don't know the law well enough or they don't know how to play the game well enough or they don't know how to do the tap dance well enough. And you can find yourself with cheap attorneys in really deep water. Where does my help come from? Well, maybe it comes from the military might. If we look at all of the things going on in the Middle East, <clears throat> war after war after war after war over religion, over territory, over space, over lifestyles, over cultures, over ways of being. War, 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 war. Maybe we'll just fight it out. Where does my help come from? But when David asked the question, he actually followed it up immediately with the, like it was a rhetorical question with an answer. And, and here, I think, is the saddest part. And that is that many people hear 
his answer to the rhetorical question and they fall along the side of his answer, not realizing that his answer was actually satire. His answer was actually mocking. His answer was actually saying, no, 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 that's not it. See, when he constructed that question answer phrase, he said, I turn my eyes to the hills. Where does my help come from? And there are a lot of people who have said, yes, that's it. I'll turn my eyes to the hills. Uh, let me tell you what he was talking about. In that day, the people around him, the peoples around him, would carve little holes in the side of the mountains. And they would carve little statues that represented their little gods with a little g about certain types of power and certain types of influence. Maybe it was the influence over the courts or the influence over fertility or the influence over marriage and relationships or the influence over war. And those little gods represented the power that they would turn to. And if they needed help with their crops growing, they would turn to the God of fertility. Or if they were ready to have another child and couldn't get pregnant, they would turn to the God of fertility. Or if they were at war with another country, they would turn to the God of war. <clears throat> and they would look into these hills and cry out for these little statuettes to help them. And when David said, I turn my eyes to the hills, where does my help come from? He was mocking them because he then answered the question in sincerity. And he said, my help comes from the Lord. The same one that later sent his son, the same one that Paul later stood in front of <clears throat> what they called the tomb of the unknown God and said, let me, let me tell you who he is. Let me tell you what he can do. Let me tell you about the power that he has. And see, his perception of fairness and ours, they're different. His perception of justice and ours. They're different. His perception of time and ours are different. And if we truly got the justice that we keep saying we want, none of us would really want it because justice means to get what you deserve. None of us really want what we deserve. If you've ever been asked the question in a job interview, <clears throat> have you ever stolen anything? And that flashback went through your mind all the way back to three, four, five, six years old when you picked up a piece of bubble gum and at the time you said, I didn't know any better. But then maybe you were 12 or 15 or 25 or 35 or maybe it was a ballpoint pen or maybe it was a USB drive from work or maybe it didn't seem consequential, but it was still stale, still stolen. It was still theft. See, justice would say, you'll pay now for that price. Not that it's forgiven. Not that you're going to get away with it, but you're going to pay for that. If we all got what we deserve, every lie, every mistaken concept, every twisted truth, every adulterous thought, we would have to pay for. We don't really want justice the way we cry for justice. What we want is mercy. We want fairness, but we want it through the eyes of mercy. We want fairness that says, I consider all the situations and all the circumstances that you find yourself in, and given the circumstances, this is the best result you can hope for. But I can turn my eyes to the hills or the courts or to war or to fighting it out. I can try to get revenge. I can try to take advantage of the situation. Or I can understand that fairness doesn't look like I think fairness looks sometimes and justice doesn't look like I want justice to look sometimes and if it is all fair and it is all just it may not be what I want in the end 
what I want and what is just are not always the same. What I want and what is fair is not always the same. And in life, we've got to be mature enough, especially as leaders, to understand that. I saw someone's tattoo yesterday right on their arm. It said fantasy with a greater than less than sign, reality. And it said that fantasy is greater than reality. That's a scary place to live. Fantasy is not greater than reality. It may be more pleasant, may be more enjoyable. It may be that you feel like you can control it. Well, because it's your fantasy. But reality will always win. Reality will always trump. Now, here's the question. What is reality? Where is truth? When life is unfair, when life is unjust, where do you turn? I don't turn my eyes to the hills. I don't rely solely on the courts. I do realize that the timeline we live in from birth to death, from the beginning of our nation to the end of our nation, whenever that comes, from the beginning of our earth until the end of our earth, whenever that comes, is still in the hands of an almighty God who created it all. And so long as I stay in his hands, I believe it was Abraham Lincoln who said, I'm really not as concerned whether or not God is on our side. I'm more concerned with whether or not I'm on his side, because in the end, he's the only one that's right. When you're seeking justice, when you're seeking fairness, understand that that fairness, that justice may not look like, may not look like the fantasy of what you want as you've defined fairness and justice. But in his eyes, what's fair and what's just is also ultimately what's right. When life is unfair and unjust, where do I turn my eyes? Not to the hills, but to the maker of heaven and earth. I'm Jay Lauren Norris with Leading Leaders Podcast for Tell It Like It Is TV. Have a blessed day. Subscribe now for our extensive video library of leadership lessons promoting faith family, and freedom.